Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm on with two-time podcast guest, Eric McGarity. He was on about six months ago. And at the time he was telling me about how much his business has grown over the last, I think it's been almost a decade now, right? It's been a, been a while. Actually 14 years. 14 years. And on the show today, it's going to bring us up to speed of all the cool things that he's been doing the last six or so months. And also how his agency Globe Runner has been able to integrate things like AI in order to grow and scale faster, which a lot of you really like the podcast about ChatGPT and how it's transforming my agency. So I'm super excited to have Eric on the show and share how his agency is being transformed as well with AI. So thank you so much, Eric, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Lucas. Excited to be here again. Yeah. So Eric, what are you talking about specifically when you say that your agency is being improved or enhanced in whatever, however you define it with AI? First off, I think it's really exciting, right? Just the whole concept of AI is exciting to me. It's something that as a kid, as a big science fiction nerd, always loved books and TV shows about how the, the machine became sentient and all that stuff. So I just think it's fascinating. You know, of course, ChatGPT may look, you know, a really, it's a really clever machine, but it is a long way from a sentient AI. So just just be really clear there. It's it's not at all what the movies portray, um, right. but it's an incredible tool. And you know, if you think about you now, I read the technical documentation behind how they do their computations and and what actually comes out of that. And and I think I'd recommend that by the way for anybody really serious about it, because it helps you understand what the what it's actually doing. I think there's a lot of applications for AI beyond just text generation. And I think that's maybe what I'd like to talk about a little bit. Obviously, we all know text generation is super cool. Jarvis, you know, was out has been out there for a while now. I think a lot of people in our industry are using it for text generation. We can integrate AI with spreadsheets now, so we can actually, you know, do formulaic text generation uh, a lot of large large data sets, right? Which is super interesting. So there's a lot of things we can do there, but I think one thing that we're doing uh, that I think is fairly unique is we're using it to do predictive analytics and we're specifically looking at search trends and looking at uh, using the AI to do a prediction of what we think is going to happen next year with a particular keyword. Wow. That's incredible. And you know, just for context, if people haven't heard the previous episode that you were on, can you give a little background on what Globe Runner is? And also, however much you're willing to share in terms of sort of what you guys have been able to scale to, obviously the title of the show is how to scale an agency. So whenever we get those golden nuggets, that tends to be pretty helpful, but, you know, don't share anything you don't want to share. So. Right. So as I mentioned, I mean, I started Globe Runner uh, 14 years ago. We've stayed, you know, a relatively boutique agency. So about 20 people in terms of total staff. We do about 3 million in revenue. 
So our focus in terms of clients, we like to primarily mid-market. We have a couple, you know, enterprise clients. Certainly enjoy those clients. We'd love to have a few more, but the mid-market is really our sweet spot. We become essentially the digital marketing department for a mid-sized company. And we work across the gambit as far as industry focus. Right. And when it comes to a mid-market client, can you give us a sense of how big these projects are? I mean, are they, at very minimum, can you give us a sense of, is it like 10K plus per month? Is it 100K plus per month? Like what's the range typically for these mid-market companies? Because a lot of people, they listen to the show to know how to pitch these companies. They want to know, how do I approach them? What's like the right price point to actually use to try to close somebody that's a mid-market company and actually has capital? Yeah, so, you know, probably a typical engagement for us is probably 5,000 a month, right? Mm -hmm. So they're not massive. I have a few engagements that are in the 20,000 a month range, which are, are great. Now these are agency fees. That's not including media budget, right? So obviously we have clients that maybe our fee is like, 7,500 or 10 K and they have 50,000 that they've spent on media. So, you know, that's, that's, you know, so their total budget may be closer to that hundred K, but our portion of that is usually like five to 10 K is kind of our monthly portion of what we're going to get. I've had people on the show who have large agencies like yourself. And a lot of times it's actually a choice not to charge more money because there's sort of this Venn diagram of, of, of cost and also their willingness to pay. And you want to be right in the middle, that sweet spot, right? So um, was that sort of a choice of saying, hey, I know I can definitely charge more because I'm very experienced, but I want to make sure that I hit volume and also that I can deliver and over deliver and all this stuff. It's also maybe more efficient to actually do something at 5K than maybe 10, 20K all the time, right? So is that how you look at it? Or how did you guys arrive at that pricing generally? I think from a sales strategy, I've always had the mindset that I wanted to have a lot of mid-sized clients. What I did not want to do is I didn't want to have one client that paid me a quarter million dollars a month. And if they left, I was done, right? Like I never wanted that. I mean, a quarter million a month would be amazing, but let's just say, <laughs> let's just say somebody that paid us 50 grand a month still, yeah. right? A million dollar a year client, 80 grand a month, those types of clients when they leave, you have to lay off half the agency or you just shut down, right? I've never wanted to be, you know, under the thumb of somebody quite that much. So strategically, I've always said, you know, let's try to get clients that move the needle, but don't, you know, double our agency with one new client. And yes. that's what I go after from a sales point of view. Now, these days we are trying to sell bigger deals. So mm -hmm. my current target sales number is gonna be like, I'm really targeting more like 7,500 plus on a monthly, right, for new clients. Now, yeah, 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 a lot yeah. of legacy clients that I've you know, had for a long time and maybe they pay me 4,000 a month and they paid me 4,000 a month for 10 years. Right. Well, right. you know, okay, yeah. right. And, and I'm not exaggerating. We have, I have clients that have been with me I think my longest client is 12 years. I don't think I have any clients from my very first year in business. I do have a handful of clients that I've had for, for over 10 years, which is really cool to have yeah. with that type well, of thing. It beats the odds in so many ways. Cause I mean, one, getting someone to pay that much is actually a, a good amount for a lot of people. 
Mm-hmm. So to do that is very successful. And then also it's successful to even have people that pay for over 10 years because most businesses don't even last for longer than 10 years. So it's, it's pretty cool that you've been able to last so long and your clients have. Now, I am curious in terms of the AI component, I want to circle back to that a little bit. Are you guys now developing, is that your own technology that you're using for that or are you? No, no. Okay. Um, so partially, I mean, we've write, we write Python scripts to like grab data sets and then send it into the AI. Uh, don't get me wrong, I have not written my own AI. Right. That would be really cool, <laughs> right. but no. You're prompting the AI with uh, Python scripts. Correct, yeah, correct. Interesting. That's actually very interesting. So when you say that it's taking these trends and this trend data, this is actually something that I've been thinking about with this newest version of my software. I'm thinking about looking at analytics and then giving suggestions based on a data set. And I was, I haven't actually had, I've been too busy building this new version. I haven't actually had a chance to really go into ChatGPT and, and, and look at how I can do this API. But so you're saying that you can feed it a, a, like data, like a, a large data set, and it can actually come to its own conclusion. So you guys are, are doing that right now. Is that, is that how it's working? Yep. So wow. we've got, we're doing that right now uh, successfully with search trends. And I'm looking at different things that we can do that with. So I see this working with, um, you know, an AdWords account, for instance. We could yeah. feed an AdWords account and say, what, what's going on here? What do we need to change, right? Yeah. How can we improve this account? We could feed it Google Analytics, right? So right. these are things that I, I see us doing yeah. in the future. And where we started with the one, uh, the one script that, that's working and we've been using it now for about a month, maybe two months, very, very successfully. Yeah. My clients, I, I use it with, with prospects. And I know you talk about a hook all the time, right? What's your, what's your hook? How do you get somebody to talk to you? And that's, this is my hook, right? This is what we use. And we say, you know, Hey, yeah. we'll take keywords in your industry and we'll do a projection of where your industry is going. So you know, which right. keywords you need to be optimizing for next year. Wow. That actually is very interesting. And I can see the appeal for a mid-market company. A lot of those companies spend money on brand positioning all the time. And if they're, Maybe the, the positioning they had before and the keywords that they're being found for that could shift at any time. And so that is really interesting. So you're, you're almost doing like an industry analysis in a sense of like where the, the key demand trends going inside uh, the industry, right? And it's, right. it's really, really fascinating. Now, I do want to ask, so there has been some debate over whether you would start to have like query chains, which is, you know, like uh, people would sell lists of, of, of phrases that would prompt the AI to do something. And then other people like yourself might be using something like that, but then also are just feeding it data. And this might be hard to answer. I don't know if, if this is the, a fair question or, or a good question, but do you know which, just from your current usage, might end up being more prevalent? Like, do you think it's more likely people will use large blocks of text that prompt it to do something? Or do you think that'll be more like, hey, look at, 10,000 rows of data and come to a conclusion. Like, what do you think is probably going to happen? I mean, I don't think I have an answer for that, but I think it's a good question. The AI is really good at, at both of those things, right? It's really good at taking large data sets and making inferences with it that would be very challenging for a human to do. That's one of the advantages that it has. It's also good with a 
with a good prompt, you can get it yeah. to deliver really interesting things. So half of the art of using, you know, something like chat GBT is knowing how to ask it, knowing how to right. ask the right question. And think about this as a skill set that I think is very analogous to how to use Google well. I don't know about you, but I've decided that Googling is a skill. Yeah, it is. Hi, this is Lucas James. Are you struggling to get meetings booked with potential prospects for your agency? I'll tell you what, when I first started, I had the same issue, but I was able to A-B test hundreds of different variations of copy on multiple channels and figured out a secret formula to convert anyone from anywhere into taking a meeting with me. I've mastered this approach and now my agency, Twiz, books meetings on autopilot. Last year, we booked 1,731 meetings, closed 234 accounts, and generated $1.72 million in revenue. I want the same thing for your agency, so I've decided to give away some of my best performing outbound copy scripts for free. That's right, absolutely free. If you want to transform your business for free, go to scale.twiz.io to get your free lead scripts today. That's scale.twiz.io scale s c a l e dot twiz dot io now back to the show we take it for granted but as a professional in this industry yeah you know, i just gotta say i'm better at googling stuff than my peers yeah. like you go to a non you know particularly like somebody that's not in the internet marketing space and uh generally they're googling strategy to get a very difficult to find piece of information is very simplistic, right? When you're in this industry and you know how to look for things, you can actually find things better than other people. And I think that's a skill. So in the same term, prompting the AI is a skill and it's a skill that will become more and more common and prevalent because everybody's going to start using it. Yeah, that's so true. And I think I remember when I was a kid, there was classes I would take for how to search Google. And I think a lot of that now has been sort of, it's become innate for me to know how to search Google. I think the people growing up now who want to cheat on their tests or uh, they want to do stuff that doesn't allow them to work as much, they're probably going to be taught in some way how to do these. And it's going to become second nature to know how to use this technology. So I think it's fascinating because you're the first person I've actually had on the show who has said that they're, they're actually analyzing data sets with ChatGPT because from most people, they're just asking questions. And a lot of people are only asking questions to produce you know, textual outcomes, but they're more so like uh, write this blog or write this copy. But I haven't actually had anybody analyze data. And this is something that I've been wanting to poke around with. And so I'm glad you mentioned this because I'm going to definitely use it going forward. Because there are so many times where if I wanted to build a function in my app that said, hey, your current team's data is doing this well compared to another user's data or this poorly or something, you have to write all that yourself. But in theory, this AI maybe could, could do all that for you. Is there any other instances that you see in this AI actually helping your agency grow outside of the forecasting? Yeah, so... One thing that I think is really interesting is using AI in spreadsheets. There's two ways you can do it. Well, the first way is the simpler one, which is to get the AI 
to write uh, spreadsheet formulas for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as writing code for you. So you can, you can go to the AI and say, write me a, a code to do X and it'll write it for you, which is just amazing. But I love spreadsheets and I use spreadsheets a lot, you know, Google Sheets, and, and I'll uh, write a lot of formulas to do my own data sourcing, right? To get, you know, to create a financial model, even to run my own business. I, I created a, a financial model using spreadsheets that I can then, you know, really see how the agency's performing the way that I want to see it. I think that's really interesting, but you can also get plugins to Google Sheets that will query each line of your spreadsheet into the open AI. Okay. Right. And those plugins I think are really neat. And I mean, I just used it the other day for the simplest thing, but I had a data set that kind of had sloppy input and I was trying really hard to figure out how do I get this sloppy input to give me a clean result. And there was no, like normally you would do some sort of parsing, you know, using a delimiter, right? So you would just right. do like, you know, a, a dash delimiter, like, okay, I see that I want this word and it's, you know, behind the dash and in front of the at sign. And so I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No. okay, well, this was messy data. I couldn't do that. But using the AI, I gave it 10 different examples of the word that I wanted it to find in this little sentence. And I just said, continue that logic. And boom, it did it perfectly for me. That's incredible. And you know, for anyone who isn't familiar with that, and it may not have been the it may not have been the exact function you were using, but something like that is called regex and um, like regular expressions, and you can right. pull from that. And you know, I've used them a lot as sort of a shorthand when I try to code, and I don't want to build like a whole complex thing. But I have to go on, you know, Stack Exchange or GitHub and try to find an example of how this is actually uh, worked. But now with AI, you don't need to do that. You could have a very specific thing be taken out. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, and this might be the point that I keep hearing over and over again, and maybe you agree with this, but in a lot of ways, what I am finding with uh, ChatGPT is that it doesn't actually make us less creative. I think it actually makes us more creative because right now, the only thing that's limiting me from growing my business tremendously with this AI is actually my own creativity. Because right. like, I didn't even think about the fact that you could do macros until funny enough, you just mentioned it, but I was actually watching a YouTube video on it yesterday, and I didn't even think about it. I didn't know. I was like, wait, so you're totally right. I could just tell it to come up with something, because those have always been things that have been kind of hard for me to do, because I'm not really super proficient in Google Sheets, so I always have to go and look it up. But it's really just limited by your own creativity. That's honestly it. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's why it's been fun for me. I'm a very creative person, so for me, it's like something that I can get excited about and and really improve my agency rather than just you know okay let's do what we've been doing just a little bit better and improve 10 percent. i think there's opportunity for really radical radical improvement and there's a window here where i think those of us who are really going to push that envelope we can take advantage of that window and be early adopters and beat out maybe maybe some larger agencies that yeah. you know, are slower moving right so I think that's an opportunity for, for those of us who are a little more creative and, and excited about growing their agency. And I think that is a perfect segue to my next question, which is, you know, you're a smart business owner, you're a smart agency owner, you've survived and you've grown and you've thrived and you're definitely in the top like 1% of agencies. So how do you see growing with AI 
in the next 10 years because you know there could be an argument made that maybe the things you're building right now are almost like a model that other agencies in the future might be able to leverage from you maybe you sell your models to them or maybe you don't sell you keep it private it's just all proprietary and then you can instantly get your clients 10 times more results and nobody even knows why it's just because you have all these things so how do you see it growing your agency i mean does this get you is this something where you're like oh my gosh this is this is the next gold rush or how do you perceive it and how does that relate to the growth of your agency i would be thrilled if we could build some tools that we could then sell to other agencies I think that's a, an area that I've always had in the back of my mind and wanted to, to pursue. That's certainly in my head. Short term, you know, I'm going to try to get 10x for my clients and, and be that kind of rock star agency. But you know, long term, I think that, you know, getting a handle on how these things work and then offering it as a tool would be my preference. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you think it'll be something where, you know, the agency that figures this out, it'll, it'll just like change everything if, if they can get their clients way more results? I mean, do you think it's something that like, like, I guess my point is, do you think that there is a huge opportunity for one agency to just like sprint ahead of everyone else with these tools? I mean, is it that big of a, a game changer? Because you've been around for a while with the agency. I mean, 14 years, that's, that's pretty long for a lot of people. So, I mean, is this the biggest thing that you've seen change the game up or have there been other similarly sized inventions? Oh, well, there were definitely, there's definitely been other similarly sized events that changed our industry. Most of them are more like, I don't mean to be this way, but almost like more negative events. Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, the one that really comes to mind is like in 2013, when Google released the uh, Penguin and Panda algorithm updates, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you were practicing. Yeah, I wasn't, then. but I know what you're talking about, yeah. That was a radical shift, right? That changed the way that all of us actually did business. And the pro products that I was offering my clients became completely relevant, completely overnight irrelevant. And so we had to go, oh, now what, right? And so we had to reinvent what the service was. And there was a shakeup. I remember it was a horrifying time because it was this big shakeup of clients, right? Because every agency was basically doing the same way. And all of our clients, their rankings tanked, okay? Like everybody. What happened was most of those clients canceled with whatever agency they were with and went and found somebody else that they thought could do it better, right? So we lost clients. But yeah. guess what? My competitors lost just as many, if not more. And I actually picked up more clients than I lost during that time period. So I grew, I grew quite rapidly that year, but at the time I was panicking. I mean, I remember I was, just, <laughs> I thought it, we were done, you know? So there's definitely been shakeups. This one is one of the more fun shakeups. It's not like a panic moment that we have to like survive and then thrive through the COVID outbreak was another one. You know, we yeah. all go home, right? Everybody experienced this. We all go home and I'm like, are we done? Like, is this the end yeah. of the agency? Am I 12 years in and that's it? We're done now? <laughs> you know, I need to call up the welfare office. Like, what do I need to do? <laughs> um, but I grew through COVID. 
So, you know, that's where the, every time I've had adversity as an agency, I've, I've grown. This is the first moment I think where there's been a, a radical new tool that I think I'm going to be able to benefit from dramatically. Yeah, that's incredible to hear. I mean, it's definitely a lot of really good context. I mean, to be able to, to say that you've been practicing since 2009 in this agency, right? So mm -hmm. Yep. All of those events, this is, might be the biggest one that makes the best impact in terms of actually benefiting you. So that's a, it's a great note to end on. So Eric, where can people go uh, to find out more about you, uh, to take you up on your services, to learn about your AI enhanced marketing services, which I will say, just for everybody listening, I think he's the only person who actually is doing it to this extent. I've interviewed a lot of people on the show in the last month and a half since it's kind of gone live and scaled. I haven't heard anybody else actually doing it to this extent. This is the first time I've actually heard anybody talk about leveraging a data set to use ChatGPT other than just prompting it with text-based questions. So definitely has a lot more insight, I would say, than most people. So Eric, where, where can people go? So definitely our website, globeburner.com is the number one spot. Also happy to connect with you on LinkedIn. Uh, if you send me a, an invite, I'll connect with you there. So those are the two places is globerunner.com. If you want to talk to us, just put in a contact form request or uh, shoot me a LinkedIn request. Thank you so much. And for everybody listening, Globerunner has been able to scale to over $3 million a year in revenue. He's been in business now for over 14 years, seen a lot of changes, but he's now thinking that this AI revolution started with ChatGPT is about to change everything and massively benefit his business. He works with a lot of mid-market companies and even enterprise companies. He's potentially a great fit for your business or one of your clients. So feel free to reach out to them, partner with them, work with them. Hopefully you find some benefit there. And hopefully this has been entertaining for y'all and very informative. So thank you so much, Eric, for being on the show. Appreciate it. And to everybody else, thanks for tuning in.